Welcome to the Wedding Film Academy podcast, your go-to source for learning to create stunning wedding films and run a successful business. Here's your host, Lumix Luminary and wedding filmmaker, Jordan Bunch. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Wedding Film Academy podcast. We are continuing our conversation this week on shooting and editing. As you guys know, we had Marshall Webb on last week to talk about his experience working for our team. And this week, I am so pumped to have a fantastic member of the Schweitzer film team, Hello. Kristen You can't see Walla. this, but I'm, I'm dancing right now because I'm equally as excited to be on this podcast. Oh, yes. We love Kristen as we do Aww, the rest of the Schweitzer team. As you guys know, Kristen has been on before um, with other members of the Schweitzer team, but I am pumped today to talk to her exclusively about her experience mm-hmm. with the Schweitzer team and kind of what she does. She shoots weddings yeah. and edits yeah. as well. So I want to start out, Kristen, by kind of getting a little bit of your mm-hmm. background. So tell us, how did you get into wedding videography and how did you come to work for yeah, the Schweitzer film team? Yeah, so I actually have to credit my mom for pretty much everything and where I ended up today because she is a wedding photographer as well. Um, and pretty much ever since I was a kid, I remember her taking pictures. I have a twin, so we were like her little models like our entire life. Um, our upstairs bathroom got turned into like a dark room when she was still doing film. So I remember she had like her bins with all the chemicals in it. And I thought the red light, which is so cool, it was the coolest thing in the world. Uh, so I've always been surrounded by photography in my life. Um, but I think what made me get into video was, of all things, my mom got a Mac computer, and that's when the webcams were like out, and iMovie was on there, and my sister thought, or my sister and I thought it was just the coolest thing in the world, so we kind of hijacked her Mac and just started making ridiculous, um, just lip sync videos where we just like all of our favorite songs and just like lip sync to them and just mash them up and like post them and that kind of transitioned into us getting a flip camera and just taking it out and just shooting all these dumb videos and I'm starting to realize like man I really kind of like shooting video but um I never really figured I could do that as a career uh because no one really told me that that was a thing to do it was just like a hobby but um uh it turned out that you can go to school for this. You can go to school for film production. Uh, so that's what I ended up doing. Went to school for film production at Webster University. Uh, got my degree there. And once again, my mom is the one that talked to me about Schweitzer film. Because it was at the time, I think I was a sophomore in college. And she's like, well, you should probably start doing internships. I'm like, OK, fine. Uh, she, and she's like, you should really look into this place called Schweitzer Film. I'm like, who the hell is Schweitzer Film? Like, I've never heard of these guys. Like, um, <laughs> whatever, mom. Like, I'll, I'll, whatever. I'll check them out. I'll go talk to them. So I go and I have an interview with Joe. And immediately I just walk in. It's like he knows me. I'm like, what up? He just gives me this, this big hug. And I was like, oh, this place is kind of cool. And that's actually the first ever wedding video I saw was Joe showed me, um, the Star Wars video uh, of one of his couples. And I'm like, what did I just watch? Like, that was the coolest thing in the world. Like, I I was like in shock. I couldn't talk for a couple minutes because I was just like, that is amazing. That's what I want to do. And ever since then, I just got the internship, hung out with them, um, kept doing a little work for them as I was still in college. And then before I even graduated, it was like two months before I graduated, they're like, hey, we have an opening you're working here, you're shooting for us, you're editing for us. They pretty much didn't give me a choice and that was okay because I was gonna like do whatever they asked me to do. So um, ever since then, I've just been working for Schweitzer Film and doing this. I know, I'm very lucky and fortunate to be there. That is awesome. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel you on that. I was, Mm. I I went to school for, you know, theater and I had been doing film work throughout college. So I knew I wanted to like find something in film, but, I too, you know, found Jordan's yeah. ad for Ladybird like right before I graduated. So yeah. got to just hop out of college and go straight to do that, yeah. which was kind of a dream that I didn't know I had because I was like, wedding videography? I didn't really right. know that was yeah. a thing. I had, like I said, I had no idea until Joe showed me that video. And 
um, before I graduated and before they came to me, um, people were like, well, what do you want to do out, you know, once you graduate? And I always said, like, my dream job would be to work for Schweitzer Film. But I was trying to be realistic because I know they're such a small group that, like, they rarely hire anybody on. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll just I'll just do weddings on my own, you know, but it'd be my dream to work for Schweitzer Film. So when they actually, like, called me over and basically, like, forced me to do this job, I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> like, I will do anything you ask. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Cool. So I want to talk kind of about how you approach mm -hmm. a wedding day. Um, kind of, I know that for Schweitzer film, most of the time, if not all of the time, y'all are doing photo and video we, pretty much. Yeah, for the every most part, time. we try to keep it photo and video because, I mean, that they're going to get the best product. Our couples are going to get the best product when we have our team. We know how to work together. We know how to move around each other and still get the same shots and work as a team. So we try for the most part to do uh, photo and video, but we do sometimes do uh, video only or photo only. So it's not uncommon for us to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So on a wedding day then, what is kind of your role? Maybe like talk about kind of what shots are, you know, you in charge of? What are what are you focusing on throughout right. a whole uh, wedding day? So at the very beginning of the day, it's me and our photographer. We are the ones that go and do the bride prep. So I'm the one that's getting all the dress shots, all the detail shots of the rings, um, her in her dress, pretty much all the bride prep. And then Joe will do uh, the groom prep. So I'm, yeah, I'm in charge of uh, the bride and all of her fun details. But um, once Joe and I... Um, meet up and get together, I'm the one that's kind of getting what we call the meat and potato shots, where it's the super tight, beautiful mid shots, you know, there might not be, or they might not be like the grand glide cam or like Ronin shots, but they're the meat and potatoes that kind of get the video through the day. So I'm, I'm getting those really tight 7200 shots. Um, sometimes I'll put the track on and get some mid track shots. Um, but I predominantly have the 7200 on my monopod and I'm just sniping them and just getting those, those money close-up shots. Yes, I know. Yes. I love I love a good close-up. Just ah, so good. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah. Like being on like the wide, like with the gimbal, it's like you want to get those motion shots. But then I think after a while you start to realize like, oh, I really just want to hop back mm -hmm. on a mono with my super mm -hmm. tight lens and get those really close-up yeah. intimate moments because those are just like yes money and shots, i i noticed really. like especially when i started doing it you get so distracted by like how cool a tool is so then you only want to use that tool so there's been multiple times where i'm like well i've got a thousand glide cam motion shots but not a single close-up shot i can cut to so um it's you just need to remember like you have to get more than just that shot so that's kind of where I, my mind is, is I know Joe is getting those super wide shots. So my job is to get those good close-ups, those mid shots, um, to keep the variety in the video. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, I want to kind of rewind yeah. a tad. So your style at Switzer Film is very different than mm -hmm. our style. So, you know, for our listeners, um, our style, you know, is storytelling, which is, I mean, everyone's kind <laughs> right. of telling a story, but... We love to use audio. Our highlights are like five mm. to seven minutes. So we have music underscoring with audio bits that really right. kind of tell the day. For you guys, you are just rock stars at making the most <laughs> badass music videos on the planet. Well, thank you. So as we kind of like talk about the wedding day, um, you know, I want to kind of hear about how you achieve mm. your style because it's so much different than right. so our style. For us, um, just to kind of dive into like what our music videos look like, ours is pretty much one song and we rarely put any audio to it because for the most part um the bride and groom really don't have crazy vows it's i jan take you bob let's put a ring on it um so it would just be so repetitive and like not for us adding a lot to the video but um i think that's why people like us because our style is so fast-paced it's so in your face hidden with awesome shots um and no audio because we just want to let the music kind of you know, tell the story, dare I say, of their day, and um, just have like just this badass music video that they can have. So it's a little different when we're shooting. We're not focused on audio. Um, so that kind of gives us some more freedom to run around and get a variety of different shots. So we're not just locked in on like the one, um, 
you know, angle in the back, making sure we're getting all their vows. We're um, running around. I'll be on one side of the church, running on the other side to get different perspectives, running and getting face shots of grandma, grandpa, mom and dad crying. Joe will be running around with the track and just, he's more all over the place than I am because he's a very spazzy individual, which is perfect for the way we <laughs> shoot. Um, so I guess we are just, like I said, all over the place. We're not limited um, to one spot. We want to get the most amount of shots we can in a short period of time because we probably, gosh, I want to say our average amount of clips we use in the video is about 200 clips, which for three minutes is a stupid amount. Yeah. Is so we're just constantly thinking like, we just need to get the most amount of clips possible to fill up this three minute video. And we need to have a variety. We can't just keep cutting back to the same mid shot or the same wide shot um, because we got to keep this. We got to keep this video going. We got to keep it rolling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So do you guys even film the full set? Like, do you do. offer a full ceremony yeah, video? So, or are you, um, okay. so you're still kind of st getting those stationary right. tripod shots so you can get the coverage, but moving around right. a lot in so between Right. So we that. do offer what we call full coverage, um, which is basically we're recording your entire ceremony and we'll kind of cut it kind of like if you're watching like a live sports game, we'll just like cut in between our angles of the whole ceremony. So for that, we are kind of letting our clips roll a little bit longer because we know that we have to make a full edit of it, but uh, we still want to get a variety of shots. It might not be as much of a variety, but we still have to make a highlight out of it. So we'll have one camera in the back kind of rolling, kind of covering our butts uh, because like I said, we are all over the place and we are moving a lot. Um, so that's just kind of a good backup for us. Um, when we're shooting, sorry, my cat's like trying to knock my, no, please stop. <laughs> please stop. Okay. We're good. But yeah, so it's a little different, but we still have, uh, a job to get those, um, variety of shots still and keep on moving. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So what about when you kind of how do you guys approach um, the photo time, like getting family, bridal party, couple stuff in Breaks. particular, and like how much time are you typically spending with just uh, the couple alone? It definitely alone? depends. There's some days where we have like a three hour gap between the ceremony and the reception where we can just go crazy, go to all these different locations um, with the bride and groom, with the bridal party. Um, there's some times where we have 30 minutes with just the couple and then they gotta get going. So. Um, Ashley's really good at talking to the bride and figuring out her schedule throughout the day, um, and kind of manipulating it as well. Cause in a way, like we're kind of planners on their day too, because we're telling them like, all right, if you're getting, or if you're having a first look, we want to do it at this time. So then we have this much time before the ceremony to do pictures, to do family pictures. So, um, we always try to get a lot, a lot of post time, but sometimes, you know, like I said, we only have half an hour to do all the family photos, all the bridesmaids, all the groomsmen, all the post shots. So when that happens, um, we just try to, <laughs> if you thought we were spazzes, like with two hours, like you should see us when we only have 30 minutes to get, you know, a stupid amount of footage. Cause we're just, we're just running oh, laps around our couples, just getting the amount or maximizing, sorry, maximizing um, the amount of time we have with them. But um, an ideal wedding for us, we would have like two hours. We'll talk to them beforehand. We'll see like uh, what locations they like, if they like, you know, more uh, like flowery, kind of outdoorsy, or if they're very, you know, industrial and city stuff. And Katie, our photographer, is really good at scouting out those locations beforehand. So we already have a game plan. We already know where we're going to take these couples. We don't have to mess around, at, you know, for 20 minutes asking like, well, what about this park or what about this building? Like, we scout beforehand, yeah. we're on a mission, we're getting those bridal party or bride and groom bridal party on that bus and we're going to that location and we are just going to bust it out with the two hours that we have. So that's, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. 
So you say two hours, which in my brain, I'm like, well, if they're getting married closer to mm. like late afternoon dinner time, where does that two hours come before right. or after? Or do you typically have couples getting married earlier mm. in the day? Yeah. Because it sounds kind of different than what I'm used to as far as like what I consider an, av- like right. an average wedding yeah, flow. We are uh, blessed with a variety of different schedules, at least in St. Louis. Um for the most part, they get married um, in the afternoon. They have an afternoon ceremony, um, and then they have this large gap between the ceremony and the reception. So that's where like kind of that two hours comes into play, where they get married, but then it's not another four hours until the reception starts. So we'll go, and after ceremony is all done, that's when we'll kind of get all of our post pictures done. We'll get all of our family photos done. But um, recently, a lot of our couples, to our persuasion, have... Um, we've been trying to convince them to do a first look, um, which will also happen, especially if they're getting a later ceremony, Ashley really pushes that first look because if they're getting married at five and going straight into the reception, you have, yeah. you have no time to do any fun post shots unless you drag them out of their reception and which most couples don't really want to do. Um, so Ashley really pushes for a first look with just our couple. So that way, if they do have a later ceremony, we can still get the gorgeous post shots with just them and not have to, you know, dive into their reception time where they just want to have fun with their family. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Ugh, first look. Too. I feel like it just it gives you so much more flexibility. Yes, and it's, it's private, you know, besides, you know, the five cameras on their face. It's private. <laughs> yeah. um, it's just one on one with them, you know, and some couples like they don't want a lot. They don't like a lot of eyes on them, so it kind of gets the jitters away of when they actually have to kind of, you know, really walk down the aisle. And um, I heard, like, some people are like, well, you know, the effect's gone, you know, of the bride walking down the aisle. But it's like, no, you're still going to get that moment, too. Like, it's still, like, a big moment of the bride coming down the aisle. Joe can tell you because he cried twice. He had a first look with Ashley, and then he cried again when she came down the aisle. So... Oh, yeah. yeah, so it, you're still going to get that Because it's still a big moment, and everyone's standing up yes. for you, and you're in front of everybody, so you still have that wave oh, of emotion, yeah. even if you've seen each yeah. other already. Yeah. See, you can get two. See, we're selling it. You get two emotional moments instead of one. You're yes, welcome. and you get better pictures and video because we have more time to do more yes. fun stuff. You're welcome, bride and groom. You're welcome. Awesome. Yeah. So let's talk reception. Mm. So after you've kind of gotten all your meat and potatoes, all your Mm -hmm. portraits and everything. How do you guys approach a reception? Mm -hmm. I have seen a bunch of your videos and y'all have had some crazy receptions. I mean, like super big parties. So talk about that. So um, a lot of our bride and grooms, um, they love the details. So even before the reception starts, we always try to a lot, a lot, a lot amount of time to shoot their details in their reception. So I'm the one who's running around with a tripod and a track on top of it and getting all these beautiful track shots of uh, their details because they spend so much money on it that they want to capture it. So Joe's getting all these good room shots. I'm getting all the really tight detail-y shots, the cake shots. Um, and we just kind of tag team that and bust that out. But once the actual party starts, I'm pretty much locked in on that once again, 7200 monopod or just the monopod in general. And I'm getting the good face shots, the good tight shots. Joe will take the track at this time and maybe put it on a table and like have some good foreground with like the light if they have candles or um, or their flowers or anything. Um, but I, I'm pretty much on that monopod and I got to get those face shots and I got to get literally all of them <laughs> because Joe, Joe's got that. Ronan, he's got that track. He's getting all the great motion shots. Um, yeah, and, and it's kind of, that's just how we roll. It's like Joe's the one that gets, you know, the really beautiful motion shots. I'm the one that merges my mid shots and tight shots in there too. So that's just that's just our roles. Like we have our roles. I know I need to get um, this shot. He knows he needs to get this shot. And if for some reason, like, one of us isn't in the room, we'll take over. And, but, but we just know because we, we know what lenses each other have. So we know like when he's shooting tight, when I'm shooting wide, when he's shooting wide, when I'm shooting tight. Um, it's just a great flow. And it's, um, you know, taken four years to really master it. Um, but we've got it down to a science. Um, 
but yeah, you're right. Our receptions sometimes just get a little crazy. So um, sometimes we have to like get on the stage because there's there's been um, some past weddings where there's 500 guests and they wow. and the bride and groom are in the smack dab middle of it, and you're like, they're gone, they're gone forever. I I will never see them again. So Joe Joe has done a move where he gets the monopod out and he extends it all the way and he's got a wide lens on it and he lifts it up like a little like like a crane jib thing and just holds it out on top of him in the middle of it and it yep. looks great because it's like awesome almost aerial view of the couple in the middle of this um just getting it getting the great shot but um what i've noticed too is like when there's huge receptions like that you have to be aggressive like Sorry, oh, yes. Auntie, like, I got to get in here. Like, I got to get this shot. Like, I know you have your phone out recording the whole thing, but <laughs> they paid a lot of money. <laughs> we got to get this shot for them. So a couple elbows have been thrown. No one's been hurt. But, you know, we just have to be aggressive and get those shots because they paid for an awesome video. And we can't have an awesome video if, you know, we're having a thousand guests block our view. So that's that's one yeah, thing, like, definitely. if you have a crazy reception like this don't be afraid to just weasel your way in there and push through the crowd to get to the action don't settle on sitting back with a zoom lens and trying to snipe them like get in there and like get in their face to get that good shot i can't i can't stress that enough like getting aggressive absolutely how has that changed for you over so you've been working four years you said last week yeah it's yeah awesome yeah yeah so how kind of reflect for a minute on sort of like those first few weddings that first maybe six months or so kind of how you felt and how you approached it you know differently than you do now because now you're like in it you've got your flow you're not afraid to do anything but like how has that changed for Uh, you I was definitely a little timid when I first started because I I just knew how like cameras worked I knew how to get good shots but I wasn't really uh taught on how like to build your relationship with the client. I wasn't taught on how, you know, the networking part of it. So that's kind of where I was really kind of shy at first. And I was kind of afraid to like go in and get those shots because like no one really knew me. I'm a very awkward and shy individual at first. So I was just kind of off to the back and just kind of getting what I would get. But then the more I was around Joe and the more I saw him just really like get in there and realize like they want, the couple wants you to like get on the action and get in there kind of, maybe come out of my shell a little bit, maybe get a little more aggressive. Um, and once I actually officially begun, our first, or my first wedding was a destination wedding in Seattle. And it was of uh, one of Joe and Ashley's good friends from Chicago, who's a DJ. Uh, and after that, I was like, all right, I'm getting in here. Like, we're, I'm not even holding back because these guys are like DJs, they're partying, like, we got to get in on the action. So that was actually a brilliant and awesome first wedding to do because they were just so much fun that you're like you felt so comfortable with getting those those awesome shots and um, after that it just kind of really just opened me up to just have that aggression to get the best shots for the couple yeah Yeah. awesome so going back to the reception Mm -hmm. a little bit I we talked with Marshall about how reception is often like the chunk of the day where you feel like, okay, we've got all the important stuff and like it's easy to kind of let down a little bit at the reception because you're like, oh, I just have to film people dancing for three hours or whatever. So how, what do you think are like some of the challenges that you face at a reception and how do you like to kind of tackle those as far as like, okay, you know, I'm not just filming people dancing for three hours. There's like a ton of B-roll opportunities and like how can we utilize the different tools we have to come up with as many creative shots as possible for this portion of the night? Um, I definitely notice myself at receptions, especially like towards the beginning of the night. Since I'm on the monopod, I just find myself getting the same mid shot of a face over and over again. And I'm like, "I've, I've got this, you know, same face shot. I don't know how many times. So I'm like, what can I do? to make this different? What can I do to make this simple mono shot different from the rest of them? So Joe and I will find foreground to shoot through. We'll kind of um, maybe go behind the band and shoot through the band at, you know, to get face shots. So it's challenging yourself to move and kind of trust your camera and like kind of test out and like point your camera in different directions to see like, oh, if there's any flare coming in, maybe go and find the flare. Um, 
if they have like really, you know, crazy candles, we'll go and like shoot through the candles. So we have this beautiful kind of bokeh effect just to kind of give it a little more oomph compared to just your stable mid shot. And Joe does the same thing too, where it's like, all right, he's done Ronin. He can't Ronin around this group anymore. You know, it's the same shot. So he'll kind of get the track out, maybe put a tighter lens on it, shoot through some stuff, get a little motion. Um, we do a lot of time lapses too. So if we're like, all right, the party's yes. really going, we need a little extra for this video, we'll set a time lapse up, we'll put it on the table, and we'll just have just a good hour time lapse of just people partying and moving around at lights, you know, all over the place from the band and the reception. So it's just challenging ourselves to, well, one, discover and figure out, okay, I've been getting the same shot a thousand times. What can I do to make this different? Where can I go to in the reception to make it look, you know, different from what I've already got. Yeah, definitely. I'm a huge fan of the time lapse. Yes. Um, I feel like it was something that at first I wasn't like, I was like, time lapse, how do you like, it was kind of like blew my mind. And then I realized how simple yeah. it was. And then, you know, learning kind of how you do it and how simple it is to do it in camera. Yeah. Like there's two different ways to do it, but there's a really simple way that our cameras can do it in yes. camera right oh, there. Yeah. And you can play it back right after it's you make it. Amazing. And I'm like, this is so much fun. And I like to do it, you know, on the weddings where I'm like, okay, I have a lot of reception mm. time. Like I'm going to be here for mm. a while. That's going to be like a fun way to break up the mm -hmm. night, you know, especially if, you know, when it gets into the part where everyone is like going crazy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's definitely a super fun and it's like so simple, but like when you see it added into the video, it just really gives it like that much yeah. more energy. And it's, it's true too. And it, it breaks up um, all the other shots that you've been seeing. So, and it's a good transition. It's a good opening shot. It's a good ending shot um, when we're editing, you know, when we start our reception part of the video. And yeah, it's just, it's a different element than rather just a wide Ronin shot, you know, running in on them or, um, you know, stuff like that. And Joe's like the time-lapse king. He will just set up five of them at one time and just let them roll. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening, but I know it's great, so I'm just going to trust it. Um, yeah, so it definitely helps us a lot, and it definitely kind of gets us out of our shell or out of our rut more if we're in the reception and we don't really know what shot to get next. We're like, well, let's get some time-lapses and get those going at least, and then we can kind of figure out how, we, how else we want to attack it. Yeah. So how do you guys like to utilize lighting for a reception? That's something that I feel like is one of the easiest things to kind of yeah. miss is this like you get to the reception, you know, you're like, ah, oh, you know, all this stuff is happening. And like there are some videographers that either don't use mm. lights or they don't utilize them in a way that can really enhance their right. footage. So what are your thoughts on so lighting? So we just recently got um, – what we call our little baby lights. They're from Felix. I am awful and can't tell you exactly what that what item it is, but it's our little LED powered lights. They have a little battery pack. They can fit in our think tank pouches and they have like a stand that folds up to this big, but they're so powerful. You can change the intensity, you can change the temperature. So we have two of those. And what we'll do is put those on either side of the DJ or the band and have those spotted on the dance floor. And we love to shoot into lights because I love the lens flare. I love, you know, kind of the yes. reflection with that. Um, and also, like, it just gives a better quality of the video because these receptions are so dark sometimes that if you don't have any lights, you're not even going to be able to see your bride and groom. So we like to set it up, um, like I said, one on each side of the DJ and just really pop them with some light. And that gives us just beautiful lens flare it kind of also drowns out uh the background of the dj if it's just kind of like a plain wall or anything it's you know yes. you just have those lights popping on them so you just see this gorgeous light coming into the camera and the uh the couple on the dance floor just looking so good with those lights yes yes lighting is such a huge component yes. of a reception and i feel like i even like like to look since they're you know small leds yeah. on a stand that i can run around yes. with so easily I like to, you know, and when I'm doing shots that aren't dancing, like I'm looking for B-roll shots and ways to kind of like, even if I just add a small glow to yes. something, you know, it's fun to just like look for new things that you can light in a different way and from a different angle. Yeah, it's even. funny you say that because when I was talking about reception details earlier, I've got, you know, my track, my tripod, but that little light is just so, so little that I just pick it up, shine it 
on the on the cake, on the table, on、um, if they have whatever little trinkets they have, you just pop a little bit of light on there, and it just completely changes the look and the vibe and the feel of it, and just makes it look so so much better. And just so, it's just got a new. Ugh, I can't describe it. It just makes it just makes it pop and just so so much better than what it would be with just whatever natural light they have in these lovely reception halls. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I feel like when you're first starting out,、um, and from my own experience, you know, you set up a shot, you're like, yeah, it looks good. I'm gonna、yeah. roll. But then, like as you kind of progress in, in shooting weddings and you start incorporating lighting,、mm-hmm. like you're just like, wow, all I did was turn on like. Twenty percent of this light, and my shot looks so、oh, much、yeah. better. Like it looked okay before. I mean, I would still use it, but like, it, it just adds like so much more、yeah. to it. And I feel like that's something that people don't maybe think about utilizing it. It's like it's more than just like I'm gonna light up something so that I、right. see it. It's like how can you use it artistically?、Yes. I think is an, a fun challenge when you're approaching a reception、mm. and you have varying amounts of light. The venues change all the yes, time, yes, yes. and You get to really like be creative. It's 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 a great opportunity to really enhance、yes. your skills. Is at the reception. Yeah, and Joe's really good at、um, helping me out with that too because he'll kind of move the light for me just so I can figure out like where I want it. We like I said really love a good backlight because most of the time the cake's pretty lit up, or at least for some of our receptions they do have really good pin lighting. But if we just put it, you know, that light on the other side, you get that beautiful backlight coming in. So it just adds. This Awesome glow to whatever、um, you're shooting, and we just kind of run around the reception like that, is placing this light somewhere, figuring out what works best, what angle of it works best, and it just、uh, it enhances the shots so much. It's it's a whole nother level once you get that light light there. Yeah. Yeah. Is running your business taking away from the time that you have to make better wedding films? Do you feel disorganized? What happens when a hot lead goes cold after your first email response? Do you have a system in place to stay in contact with them? Do you find yourself asking, "Where was that bride's phone number again?" and "Have they paid their invoice or not?" Which package do they get, and what are their deliverables? How organized are your financial records when it comes to tax time? Wouldn't it be awesome if you could afford forty or fifty thousand dollars to pay someone to take care of all this extra stuff for you? I've got an idea. How about you sign up for Seventeen Hats and pay just three hundred dollars a year to let their amazing online software take care of all of this for you? Before I got Seventeen Hats, I was buried in a sea of unorganized emails, spreadsheets, bank statements, receipts, sticky notes, Google Docs, and more. I was letting hot leads go cold because I couldn't remember who to stay in contact with. I was spending weeks trying to get my tax records organized for my accountant. It was awful. And now I pay Seventeen Hats just three hundred dollars a year, and they do all of that for me. It's like having a full-time assistant working around the clock on your business, making sure that everything is organized, invoices are paid on time, and making you look like a real pro to your clients. And now Seventeen Hats is giving you an amazing offer. When you use the link at the top of our website, WeddingFilmAcademy.org, you'll get fifteen percent off the list price, and it's a great way for you to help keep us. Making great content each week for you. If you want to learn more about Seventeen Hats, go back in the archives and listen to the podcast that we did with them. We actually got to chat with the CEO and one of the VPs of Seventeen Hats for an hour. So definitely go back and listen to that podcast as well if you want to learn more. Thanks a ton. Let's get back to the show. So you guys aren't focusing on audio. So how do you do toasts? It's I know it's probably like the ceremony. You run around and you get a ton of different right. angles, right?、Uh, it's funny because we don't really shoot the toasts a lot. We mainly are shooting them to get reaction shots. But lately,、um, Joe will still bring the audio because every now and then we do hear an amazing toast that we're like, even for us, that'll make it in the video. Like if they give such an amazing toast, then we will put it in the video because we just we can't not, you know. So. Um, oh. Joe will still bring the audio. He'll still have it plugged in, and、um, we'll we'll record the toast for the most part. I'll have an angle on the speaker.、Um, Joe will have one on the couple, and then he'll get like reaction shots of mom and dad.、Um, but we will like kind of get get the whole toast sometimes because you never know if they're going to give like an amazing an amazing toast or if it's going to last you know thirty seconds and they're done. But、um, there have been times where、uh, bridesmaid or、uh, 
best man or maid of honor just give the most unbelievable speech in the world. And we're like, well, thank God we still recorded it because we actually we actually do want to use that in our videos. So it, it, it happens. It does happen. Um, but for the most part, good to yeah, know. For the most part, they're uh, they're just okay speeches. Don't don't let them know that they said that. But yeah, yeah, I agree. I feel like I've probably heard the same maid of honor and best man speech a thousand times. If I times, have to but... here, for those of you who don't know me, I'm. Uh, so last night I googled how to give a yeah, speech, and what they said <laughs> is to say something nice and give a joke. Yeah. Oh, I. The compilations of speech videos I can make right now. Oh, it's just. Uh, couldn't we all <sighs> just make like the most epic toast blooper please. reel? Please. Oh my gosh, please. I had one. I wasn't at this wedding, but Joe was there. And it was, <laughs> I probably shouldn't be saying this on the podcast, but um, it was like one of the most passive aggressive like speeches in the world. It was like a younger brother talking to his older brother. And I'm like, this is just so painful to go through you know and i'm like oh yikes okay that is a we are not putting that in the video we're just gonna set that aside and just oh but there's some doozies there are some doozies of a toast yeah so do you guys offer toast as part of your full coverage like you offer ceremony videos so you pretty much do like do you record them anyway at every wedding or only if you know like okay we're offering full coverage so we'll film it if you're not offering full coverage you don't really yeah or? it's it's we kind of decide that day at least if we're only shooting highlight um if we are shooting full coverage then of course we'll record the whole toast we'll record the whole first dance all, all the main events at the reception but if we're just doing highlight we kind of just got to get a feel of like the couple and like you know their party because if um they do have like a really lively, fun party. Joe will be like, I think these speeches are going to be really good. Like, let's record audio if, if like, you know, some of them are just kind of dull and kind of lame. And Joe's like, I don't really know. But um, lately we have just been letting them roll because they surprise us. You know, we, we can't tell if it's going to be a good speech or not. You know, we don't really know the bride or, or the um, maid of honor or the groom or the best man. So, um we kind of let them surprise us and we'll record. And if they end up having a great speech, we're like, well, hot damn. All right. <laughs> like proved us wrong. But, um, yeah, at least for highlights, it's, uh, hmm. it's tricky. It's tricky. Cause we just never, you never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. All right. So the wedding day is done. You've got a zillion clips. Yes. Talk about your editing workflow. I mean, mm. you can start all the way at the beginning from who brings this footage back? Who dumps it? How do you organize it? And how do you jump into an right. edit? So Ashley and I are predominantly the main uh, wedding editors at Switzer Film. And we'll kind of pick and choose, like, all right, well, who gets this wedding? You know, who's going to edit this wedding? And um, once we kind of decide, then I will take all the footage. I will put it on my hard drive. I'll organize it to where it's Joe's card, my card, um, time lapses, what GoPro stuff. Um, and then we use Final Cut, which, you know, not everybody uses, but we love it because... We do aha, as well. Yes! Just, we need to start converting everybody just to use Final Cut. Just, I don't know <laughs> yeah. what, what we have to do, I feel but... like us, us Mac users are very oh. passionate and devoted and are like, everybody should have Mac and Final yes. Cut and Apple. You sounded like Joe. Was Joe talking just then? Because that was, it was like Joe speaking to me. Um, but yeah, so we, we use uh, Final Cut and... It's just so much easier to organize and look through everything in Final Cut because you don't have a thousand windows um, like in other programs. So what I'll do is I'll go in and I'll make uh, little events or folders basically of like all the events that happen throughout the day. So I'll have one that's just ceremony footage, one that's just reception footage, uh, post footage, bride prep, groom prep. Um, if there's like a first look, I'll make that one. But basically I divide it up into all the main events that happened that day. Um, and so that way too, where it's like, if I'm in the edit, I'm like, oh, I want to put the ceremony here. I don't have to scrub through, okay, well, here's Joe's folder. Let me go through all Joe's stuff to get the ceremony. And then let me go through all of my stuff to get the ceremony. It's all right there in that folder. I don't have to go through anything. So that's kind of how I organize it at least, um, just to make it easier on myself. Um, and then another thing, that I love about Final Cut is the favoriting. That is a huge game changer for us. Like before I lay a clip down, we go through and favorite it or cull it. 
we call it favoriting just because that's what it says in the final cut. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll just go through and I'll just pick out all the, the beauty parts of each clip, all the main little nuggets on each clip. And once I get that done, then I can go down and actually start putting this edit together. Then I can, you know, place it and put it where I want. Um, yeah, but like for us, since we are a little bit different, our uh, edits are a little bit different. We find the song first and we listen to, uh, I probably listened to that song, God, 15 times before I even lay a clip down. Because if I just start laying clips down and then throw um, the music down there, it's probably not going to add up. It's not going to make sense. You know, it's not going to make sense to have right. bribe prep in the most crazy, like intense part of the song. So I'll, I will listen to uh, that song stupid amount of times. I'll mark it out and I'll like place a marker for like, all right, this section is where I want to put bride prep. This section is where I want to put the fireworks. This section is where I want to put a teaser of the reception details. So I will do that and then I can finally, and then it's just like putting, you know, puzzle pieces together. It's just like dropping, dragging, putting it in an order that I like. So that's kind of the process for the most part. That's a very broad <laughs> description of it. But um, for us, it's all about the music and telling the music telling us where to put what that day. Yeah. And I've, I've seen, you know, with all the different wedding films I've seen and even Marshall has started to incorporate this, I've noticed, I always pick up on these things. So when you listen to the song, you can, I mean, you can feel where you want to switch oh, yeah. the clips. Like if it's like a song that has like a certain beat and you just like switch, 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 like with yes. the beat or you like bring something in. I feel like that is like so much yeah. fun. That's got to be so fun to like find those like peaks in the song, find the beats, find the instrument changes. And then when you weave the clips in to kind of flow mm -hmm. with it, it's like something that the viewer is, the average viewer is not going to think right. about, but they're going to be reacting yes. to it. It's going to affect yes. them. And I'm just, me, I notice it and I get excited because I see what they're doing. And I'm like, oh, yes, it's changing with the <laughs> I music. Know what's that's so happen. awesome. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like that's that's awesome that like you spend so much time really finding that perfect song because I feel like that is probably half oh, the battle, God, especially for y'all yes. where the music is two thirds yes. of the video. Oh, absolutely. Um, but you, you got to find that song that fits mm. the couple, that fits the day. Because I, I feel like if you can't nail that mm. vibe, it's worthless. There's it's worthless. no point. And we, we, yeah. when we teach an editing class, the first thing we say is the song is what drives the video. Uh, we can't have a country song for a New York chic wedding. You can't have a, a slow kind of feel, you know, intense song for a wedding that's like a DJ party, you know? So you have to really know your couple. You have to know what they like. You have to get a good grasp on who they are as a couple and then you can go through songs and kind of pick out okay this this is their vibe this is what they like you know this is going to fit perfectly for their their wedding mm -hmm. yeah so i've noticed in y'all's edits you like to incorporate lots of different types of transitions mm. and i've even seen you got even like do the split mm -hmm. screen thing mm -hmm. where you have two clips at the same time so talk about kind of some of your favorite tools yeah. and techniques and and transitions that you like to do when you're kind of want to drive this story forward with all these fast yes. clips. So like I said, we shoot a unreal amount of footage like in one um, wedding and but we only have three minutes to put, you know, everything in there. So if I have like, gosh, sometimes I favorited and after I've favorited, there's still 500 clips. So I'm like, there's still so many good clips. I don't want to get rid of, you know, half of these. We do split screens a lot. Um, especially for details, we'll do like a super tight detail shot next to a kind of a mid detail shot just so we can utilize all of our clips, all of our awesome clips, because I don't want to throw away all these amazing clips. I want to use every one of them if I can. So split screens are huge for us. Um, another thing we like to do is lens flare transitions because like I said, we do shoot into light a lot. So it really flows with our videos to have kind of a flare transition going from one clip to the next. Um, we do... Uh, kind of like a wipe sort of thing where Joe's, Joe's better at this than I am. He'll have the track and he'll go all the way to like behind the surface to where it goes into black. But when it comes back out, it's at like a new, uh, it's a new clip or a new um, place in the day. So 
that's another really uh, fun transition we like to do. Um, I just got a whole package of different lens flare transitions, so I'm really excited to do to kind of mess around with those because I haven't used them for a wedding yet. So um, this past wedding that we did has a lot of opportunities for it. So I'm, uh, I'm super stoked about that. But um, I mean, those are our, our main ones. We don't want to make it too, too kind of tchotchke with the transitions. We want to make sure it seems somewhat, not natural obviously, but just flows really well. It's not super out of place with what's going on um, on the screen or what what you're seeing but we do we do love some some good transitions we do love it yeah mm -hmm. yeah you guys definitely have some really fun transitions things that like i hadn't even thought mm -hmm. of before and then like saw y'all's wedding films and were like oh that looks kind of awesome <laughs> like it's it's really fun yeah. like it's so perfect for y'all's yeah, style the way you just it's super fun and fast mm -hmm. and you see different things yeah. and, and it's definitely like yeah. a matter of I didn't mean to do that, but that looks awesome. So I'm just going to keep it in there <laughs> sort of ordeal. It's what I call accidental awesomeness where I'm like, well, I don't know how that happened, but I'm going to keep it and I'm going to try to do it again. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So what about color grading? Mm. What kind of stuff do you guys like to do as far as color? Are you enhancing? Mm -hmm. Are you adding certain mm -hmm. things? Kind of talk about your color so process. So we, at least me for the most part, have kind of transitioned away. What we used to do was only color in Final Cut Pro. Uh, we would bring the blacks down to have a good rich black, but kind of bring the whites up, um, kind of bring saturation up a little bit to get the good warm colors. Uh, but recently what I have been doing is exporting everything out as an image sequence and taking it into Lightroom to kind ah. of get those actual photo presets and put it on um, our film. So it actually looks like like a beautiful colored image like you would have in Lightroom, but now we're putting it on our videos. So I've just been doing that this year, just kind of dabbling with it. And at least for me, I find it just as easy, you know, same amount of time for the most part as it takes for me, or as it did take for me to color in Final Cut Pro, but it just gives an extra punch to the video that I don't think Final Cut um, could really do. Like. Recently, they have up, upgraded it, or their coloring has, you know, they've added more to it. But gosh, I mean, after I put a couple of those presets on, just a couple of those clips, I'm like, ah, oh, this is amazing. I can't, I can't, like, I can't do that in Final Cut. So I've, I've just been dabbling with that. Our, my photographer, or our photographer, has been helping with, like, you know, making sure we have the right look for it, just so it kind of consists, or it consists with her stuff, and it consists with um, our previous uh, video looks, but that I'm kind of falling in love with it because it is, like I said, it just gives me or gives it just a, such a different feel and such a more film quality, I think, than what Final Cut can. But if someone has a way, prove me wrong. Tell me, prove me wrong. Tell me how I can do it in Final Cut, and I'll do it. We are not partial. We are not picky. Oh yes, the Switzers are never partial to anything. <laughs> they are loyal to no, no one. We'll throw you in the trash if need be. <laughs> Equipment. If it works and they like it, they yes. will use it. And we'll run it into the ground until we find something else that we could use and then run that into the ground and then just repeat the process over and over yeah. again. Like you ran that cannon you had into the ground? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> that still scars me to this day. Still, I was an intern. It was on this stupid big octocopter that never worked. And I just saw that thing fall from the sky. And it's... Uh, gave me nightmares for multiple months oh. after that and I was so drone scarred from it too I'm like nope I'm not going near a drone no I saw that thing destroy anything in its path but luckily nowadays it's a uh, it's a little different they get the little baby sparks I'm like okay these aren't that bad I think we can deal with this so yeah yeah awesome mm -hmm. so kind of reflecting back on all these you know years of experience you've had how do you feel like your editing experience and process has influenced your mm. shooting and how you have kind of grown through the years in like from the beginning of like shooting something and then seeing your footage and being like oh okay like all the things you can yes. learn from having to w not only watch your raw clips but then try to piece them oh. together like talk a little bit about that, that has shaped me as a filmmaker more than I would ever believe it would because you're seeing your clips and there's some weddings where you're like god i suck like i that looks awful like what was i doing what was i thinking and but it's good to see that because now you know what to do next time 
because if you're like, oh, well, that shot didn't work or, oh, I need to, you know, hold that shot for longer or I need to like shoot it a different way or, oh, that was way too close up. You can take that and go to your next wedding and know those things. You know, if you don't look at your footage, you're not seeing what you're doing wrong or you're not seeing what you're doing right and you want to do more of. Um, so that has helped me so much because I can just go through there and just see, you know, what I'm really liking of what I'm getting, what I kind of want to get more of, what I just should stop getting in general. Um, but it's, it's just shaped me so much um, as a filmmaker just to see, you know, at least what I'm shooting and then the editing process and what's good for our edits and what's bad for our edits. It's, it's just helped so much, so much. Yeah, and I feel like even more so than like thinking about it in terms of movement and like fancier shots, I feel like it really just drives home the mm. basics. Oh. Like yeah. you shoot, you see your footage, you try to edit it and you're like, oh my God, I need to work on just my yeah. exposure yeah. or how I use my white yes. balance yes. or like the basic stuff. And I feel like- The stuff you forget about that like when you're been, shooting. Yeah. You, know, you, just, you just think you got it in the bag or like, oh, I'll just put it on the setting, it's fine. And you go back, you're like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I have to, you know, give a little more, pay a little more attention to that because it kind of screwed me over a little bit. But yeah, you're right. You're so right. Because it can be, it can be easy to, you know, you have all these tools. And as you're like learning all these fun shots, you get into kind of the, you know, majestic, fun, creative, epic mm -hmm. shots, you know, and that's fun. But then you realize, oh, I got this epic shot, but my exposure mm -hmm. was off, mm -hmm. you know? And like, when you see it, like, yeah, you know, there's been those times where you get to the computer and you watch your clips and you're like, oh, God, I thought that was going to look so good. And <laughs> even just the difference of how it looks yeah. in camera sometimes to how you see it on the computer. Oh, yeah. Um, so I feel like you have to train your eye that way. It's like I will adjust settings on the camera. It doesn't look exactly the way I want it on the mm -hmm. camera, but it's because I know that when it's translated, it is going yeah. to look the way yeah. I want it and to look. It's. Yeah, we've had that same thing happen multiple times where we think our exposure is great, you know, or we can see our couple really well, but then we take it in and it's like the background's just completely blown out and you're like, how in the world did that happen? Like, it, was, it looked perfectly fine on camera. So it's just those little things that we know, like, okay, we had to expose down a little bit for these areas. We had to expose up a little bit for this. Um, but yeah, you're so right. It's like we can't take those little things for granted that we feel like we know so well as filmmakers. Like, they, they'll get you if you're not a, you know, if you're not paying attention to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this has been a great conversation. Yeah. Is there anything else you feel like you would want to offer to our listeners as far as advice or tips for someone who maybe is starting out, they're trying to shoot, they're trying to edit, they're trying to kind of get a grasp on the whole process from start to finish? Um, oh gosh, don't try to do more than you're capable of doing, just focus on what you can do at that moment. Don't try to, you know, go out and do all these elaborate, like Ronin shots and stuff. Just focus on getting the good mid shots first, focus on then maybe getting good track shots, work, work your way up to those crazy intense movements, those crazy edits. Um, don't, cause otherwise you're just going to be over your head and trying to, you know, get all that stuff. And you're going to forget about the main things is just getting good solid shots you just want to focus on getting that um and like i said earlier just be aggressive too like don't sit back and just let the shot happen in front of you and just be like oh well i'm back here oh well i didn't really get it like go up there and just get in the action like get in there because that's what they're paying you to do they want you to get the good shots so it's which is kind of contra contradicting for what i just said earlier but um it's that balance of being aggressive, but also getting safe, good shots, which I know is probably just so confusing of advice, but um, that's just, that's, I mean, all I can think about is just be aggressive, but don't, be aggressive, but don't, where am I going, where am I going with this? Help me out here. Well, it's, it's a balance. Yes. It's like, you have to know when to yes. do what, like there's times when you need to hang yes. back and kind of be more like invisible, like getting shots, but not being in yeah, the way. Never go up on the altar and, when but they're there's doing times when yeah. that's, that's not yes. the aggression I'm talking about. Yeah. 
But then you have to know when it's like, okay, I do need yes. to just push through yes. the crowd. Like it's more so at the reception yeah. than it is during the early yeah. in the day. You've kind of like set those shots. You know, you're going to yeah. get them. But at the reception, there's still important stuff you got to get. And sometimes you just got to push yeah. through oh, drunk oh, people. Oh gosh, yeah. I have like. I've had so many I mean, drinks spilt on me because I'm just trying to push past people. Because I'm like, excuse me, drunk human. I need to get this amazing shot that you're blocking because you don't even know where you're at right now. So, yeah. Uh, especially if there is fire in oh, your hand. If there is a sparkle so in your many, hand, I am not, I don't care about so your feelings. So many you're drunk, drunk sparklers. You have fire. I will push you uh, out of the way if I need to push you out TJ's of the way. TJ's done it. So many drunk sparkler exits where you've got that one guy just standing in the middle, just kind of looking around, and here comes the bride and groom, and TJ's like pretty much tackled a human back in line to get them out of the shot. So, oh, yeah. The drunken sparklers are always a, always a, Good, good part of the day. Good part of the day, for sure. Yeah, but it's just, it's just a balance. Like, it the is. whole day is a balance. And I feel like this is, you know, something we've talked about, you know, kind of just all the time. You, you have to have a really good ability to improv. Yeah. You're filming a live mm. event. Mm-hmm. No two weddings are nope. the same. You, you know, you're filming the same types of things, but they're not mm-hmm. the same. Mm-hmm. You have to be kind of ready for anything at any yes. moment yes absolutely because i mean you know the basics of what happens at a wedding you know they're going to exchange rings and they're going to kiss or they'll you know or they're going to have a first dance and then it's going to be this you know so you know the basics of it but you still have to be prepared for whatever else might happen and then yeah and, but yeah so just being prepared for that and then just also kind of trying to get different shots when you know that the stuff's going to happen. So it's, it's definitely, it takes work to get up to that comfortability of knowing like, you know, you're going to get the shot, but you're going to get it a different way. Um, and that takes practice. That takes a lot of going to weddings and getting a vibe for what's going to happen when, when you're safe to kind of maybe do another sort of tricky shot, you know, it's kind of risking it, but just focus on getting those safe shots first and then start putting in the risks, start putting in, you know, the, the, the magic little shots in there. Yeah, because chances are you're going to have a chunk of time at every wedding where you can yes. play. Oh, yeah. You know, you've gotten all the shots you need and yeah. you can play. And I think that you have to take that opportunity to challenge mm-hmm. yourself. Try to get maybe three to five shots at every wedding you've never yeah. got before. Yes, yes. And I know that probably sounds impossible, but you're working with different venues, different details, different mm-hmm. people, different yeah. everything. So... Try to find those shots that you have not gotten before. What can I do differently for this film? Because something, you know, I talked about this with Marshall is it's the subtleties that will make your wedding films next level. Because you're shooting the same types Mm -hmm. of stuff. And sometimes it can feel like you're editing, you know, the same general wedding day. But Mm -hmm. if you find those moments, those natural moments, and then find those creative shots that you can do that'll kind of make that video stand out from Mm -hmm. other videos that you have, it's the subtleties that are going to drive it home. Couldn't agree anymore. Couldn't agree anymore. Nailed it. All right. On that note, Kristen, are there any maybe recent wedding films that you have shot and edited that you're like super proud of or into that you want to kind of share with the viewers that I can throw in the show Mm, notes? Well, it's not edited yet but it probably will be edited by monday uh joe and i just shot the first ever indian wedding on disney property oh wow yeah girl so that was a four-day uh spectacle it was i'm tired just listening to this oh oh yeah oh yeah i don't know how any of us are awake right now but it was just amazing event after amazing event um i i Kid you not, I have 1.35 terabytes worth of footage. Wow. And it's all going to be amazing. <laughs> like it's, it's one of those edits where you're just so excited for it. They're like, I don't care what else I'm doing. I'm doing this today. I'm getting this done. I want to see it. So I'm super stoked about that. Um, it's going to be a massive edit to do. It's going to be a monster. But it's one of those edits where you just so proud of like whatever the outcome is going to be I, I don't even know what the outcome is yet but I just I just know I'm so excited because it's such a unique wedding it's my first Indian wedding ever um so just being able to shoot that and just um you know just all the fun unique 
subtly different shots that I got from there. It's just going to be so oh, yeah. awesome to go through and look through that um, and just put it all together in just this massive, crazy, in-your-face highlight video for it. So be on the lookout for that because that's going to be potentially our wedding of the year. Potentially our wedding of the year. Awesome. Yeah. And by the time I post this podcast, probably I'll be able to throw that link in there. Well, I so. will just book it even more on getting this thing done and having it. No up. pressure, Christine. Uh, yeah, you know, but. just go through um, a terabyte and plus the footage in like a couple of days. It's fine. I can do it. Totally do it. Yeah. No, no worries. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming thank on for today. We always love having members of the Swiper team. We love you guys too. So. Yeah, and thanks everybody for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. The Wedding Film Academy podcast is produced by Taylor Juarez. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show, and help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. And when you're done, head on over to WeddingFilmAcademy.org to chat with our other wedding filmmakers like yourself in the comments section. Until next time, keep making movie magic.